Jocelyn Cole, and today we're here with... Tanoy, so I'm a university student. I'm a year four student who's studying computer science. Um, yeah, I think that sums up my introduction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm Sky. Uh, I'm no longer in university, uh, but I was born in Hong Kong and I grew up in Ghana and West Africa. Um, but I've been working in Hong Kong now and I currently run a youth charity called Kelly Support Group. Mm. Tanoy, are you, where are you from? So I'm from India. I grew up and did my education. On, I mean, before undergrad, I, was, I studied in India and came to Hong Kong just to do my undergrad. A lot of people ask me why I came to Hong Kong. Well, it's closer to home, cheaper, and that's probably it. <laughs> that's the reason why I came to Hong Kong, yeah. And ever since I came, I've just been in love with the city. Okay, so Sky, do you want to talk a little bit about what you studied before getting into the field that you did? Sure. Um, I, growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor, as good Chinese girls um, are often uh, motivated to do when they're in secondary school. Um, so I always thought that I was going to be in some form of medicine. Um, but then when I got into university, I realized that because my parents are also working in the NGO space, um, so we didn't actually have enough money to send me to uh, a university um, that had you know, a full medical program. So instead what ended up happening is um, I had to go to where I was able to get scholarships. So because of that, I ended up in the U.S. in a school that gave me a full ride, um, but I wasn't able to study medicine, and I had to do what the American system, which is a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, and at that time, you know, it's a pre-med program, and then you can major in whatever you want. So I was just thinking, okay, what's the closest to medicine that could prepare me? Um, so I chose biology because I really love animals, I love, you know, flora, fauna, and I thought, hey, why not just like, if I'm going to spend four years studying, I might as well do this. Um, and then I got really bored actually halfway through because everything was so science-based, um, and I'm an actually creative person. So I actually ended up taking um, a studio art minor um, to balance out everything. So I spent half of my time in the lab and half of my time actually in the um, art room painting. And <laughs> Tanoi, you said you study engineering. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Uh, never. <laughs> Basically, to sum it up in one word, never. So, um, be, as, as a kid, maybe, yeah, of course, I'm an Indian boy. Engineering has been ingrained in our system. It's probably there in my DNA. But yeah, ever since I was growing up, my dad was like, okay, so engineering and then master's in uh, business administration, engineering, MBA, that's going to be your life. Um, till probably around 9th or 10th, I, I was aiming to be an engineer. Uh, around 10th, I started getting into theatre. So that was the time when I actually thought of pursuing an alternate career, which is more into the arts field, more into performing arts specifically. 11th, uh, my grades were uh, subpar, if I say subpar, just passed. <laughs> so that was a bad year for me academically, but also the best year uh, performing-wise. So that was one of my best years performing-wise. Um, I came to my most most crucial year in Indian education, which is class 12. And uh, throughout the first semester, I would say I was still decently into theater. But towards the end, I realized that, I mean, I have to graduate high school with a decent score and I have to at least have an option. And my parents always said that I'm smart. So I was like, okay, maybe just one semester, let's study. So I studied, I uh, got into few colleges. And again, there was an option of coming here to do engineering. I actually wanted to do economics, which was my other alternative, closest to like off science, and that was in Singapore, and I could also pursue theatre primarily along with an economics degree in India. 
Short of these three options, again, as an Indian parent would say, engineering is maximum, it'll redeem the maximum launch. <laughs> Never have to worry about money. But yeah, once you do your engineering, you can follow your passions. <laughs> so I'm just waiting to get my degree and follow my passion. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> yeah. So you would say you kind of face like parental pressure. Definitely. But also, um, to support my parents' thought, I would say, uh, well, you know, our, at least where we come from in India, uh, we're not the richest country, right? Our government doesn't have, have support. Suppose you want to follow an alternate career, you don't have a lot of support from the government. So what parents tend to do is you have to build your own life. You have to at least be financial, at least have financial support, and um, then whatever you want to do, do. So that is the reason why I, I feel Indian parents really push forward to getting into a technical degree, which is definitely going to get you money as soon as you get that degree. So with that thought process, okay, I'll give my parents that credit. But at the same time, I would say maybe just look into the other side of the child. Yeah, so it's, you know, always that well, last minus and give and take. I yeah. think that's very similar to Chinese. Exactly, parents, yeah. You know, because, like, I think Asian parents in general just have this mindset, at least the generation before us, they just really want us to get into, you know, a degree that will help us make money so that we our lives will be good, you know. And it's almost like they constantly will push us towards that. I mean, even when I chose to take a studio art minor, everybody was like, you're wasting your time. You're supposed to be going towards medical school. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you putting all your eggs into that and making it to big effort? You know, but at the time I was like, you know, but, but I'm actually really passionate about painting and like crafting sculptures and, <laughs> you know, and, and unleashing creativity in that sense, which I can't do in like a lab setting. Um, but I think it's it's really hard, like you know, when our gen the next generation before us just have this like fixed mindset yeah. of where we need to go. Yeah, yeah. How do you think your parents would react if they find out like later you chose to pursue theater? Hopefully they'll be fine because I'm done with my degree. We did. I kept my end of the promise. So, I mean, they they again if I go back and tell my parents, they'll be like, yeah, we've always supported you. Yes, after class, go for theater. When you have that one and a half hours of that, do theater. Whatever you want to do. But yeah, I feel uh, once I get my degree, once I actually tell them that I've done my part, I've actually gotten a degree, I've gotten a job, but this is not what I want to do, they'd be pretty supportive, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can you can pursue a career of your own choice then. Also, I feel at the age of 18, sometimes, you know what, people, I mean, kids, not all kids are very mature at that point. Something might interest you at that point, but your parents, I feel, know you better. So, uh, given that thought as well, I would say it's good that I listen to them. At least now I have that safety net, I would say. Again, to rebut my own <laughs> opinion is that maybe if I hadn't had a safety net, I would have actually pursued and excelled in what I really want to. So it's always that gray area we deal with. I think, yeah, I think it's definitely a gray area because I did what I wanted to do. So I did my arts degree. I'm still doing it. <laughs> we talk about this like all the time. Like we talk about how like shit, like what if we should have done something like where we would have a stable job with a stable income. Because right now we're doing our arts degree and it's like a stereotype where like, what are we gonna do after I get our degrees? Like you know, like we're not. Is it unemployment or because <laughs> finding <laughs> finding internships is genuinely difficult when you try to pursue something like the arts, and maybe that's a more social problem that there aren't jobs like that, or there aren't at least entry level or intern type jobs like that. It's like you have to excel, and then yes, you can have a career. But if you're starting out, there isn't much to do. So that's why sometimes we wish, like, oh, I wish I'd done something more concrete like that. So definitely. I suppose it is. The grass is always green on the And also, like when people ask us, ask me, like, "Oh, what are you planning to do after your degree, or like after you graduate, what, what kind of job are you planning to 
Like, what are you planning to do? I just don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with the art degree. So, which is why I'm doing journalism on the side. So, <laughs> just in case all fails, at least I have, like, some kind of, like... You guys are so prepared. I totally didn't even think about it. <laughs> but I have to say, because I actually went and got a master's degree afterwards. Um, I went, worked for a year, and then I went back and did another degree. Now, I think choosing a master's degree for me was actually a conscious choice because I realized actually after my four years I didn't want to do medicine, which I think was fantastic. It was a personal revelation for me. And I realized that I only wanted to do medicine because as that 18-year-old who knows nothing, I only thought, oh, the only way I can help people is by becoming a doctor. But actually realizing that there could be so many different ways that I could achieve what I wanted to do. And it was after a year of working random jobs that I actually discovered, hey, there's actually something that will kind of complement my personality, my skills, you know, and that area was actually in public health, which also was helping people. So I ended up getting a master's in public health, which has set me on my career path and where I am today. But before you started working for Kelly, did you do any other jobs that were relevant to your degree? At the time, I never thought that it was relevant, but now that I look back, I think every job that you do somehow will align back. You know, um, my first job after I did um, my uh, master's degree actually was working in adolescent health research, and a lot of that has to do with public health as well. And I worked at the Hong Kong U um, um, public health department. And that was actually really good because I learned a lot about research skills and methods. And then I went on to work um, for another nonprofit organization. And I did a lot of community development work. And a lot of this was around understanding impact and monitoring and evaluation of things, which is another aspect of you know, public health and understanding you know, how systems work, how diseases work. You know. um, and then I uh, came to Kelly. So it's kind of sort of like you know, there is a progression. Um, it, whether it was intentional or not, um, I think it just sort of aligned for me and it made sense and no skill was wasted throughout all those times. So you know how you said with public health, you realized that that's a field that you could go into much later. So do you guys think the education system, whether it's in India or in Hong Kong, doesn't really support these kind of different career um, career fields or things that you might want to do? Um, I feel at least from what I, the education that I got, I feel a lot, so our school was enormously big. Um, we had like 1,000 students in one batch graduating together. So in my grade 12, I graduated with 900 of, I mean, around 800 to 900 students. So when you have, when you've interacted with 800 students, I have seen how a group of five people will be amazing at one thing, five people will be amazing at the other, and they'll have like, we had a lot of clubs and associations, and people would actually recognize not just in the school, but even outside school. And coming from a place where we faced competition right from a very, very basic level, um, our school hardly recognized talent. Or even if they did, it they never pushed students to pursue that. I remember if I was out bunking classes for uh, for practice or like for rehearsing, I would get a lot of uh, complaints, and my parents would get a lot of complaints that he doesn't attend classes. But what they don't understand is when I'm performing or when I'm rehearsing, I'm actually getting a very important skill, which to, which actually reaps benefits later. So I feel if the education system is a little more flexible, I'm not saying don't tell them to st not study at all. Give them, I mean, make the curriculum in such a way that you have enough time to pursue your alternate or to at least simulate an alternate career as well as uh, stick to the roots of uh, proper bookish education, if I'd say. Mm -hmm. So that is something that's still lacking in India. I don't think there are many schools which support this kind of learning yet. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have a personal experience studying secondary school in Hong Kong, but from my work with young people who have been studying in the secondary school system, I think um, it doesn't really allow for much variety of learning. You know, I think it's 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 you know you study for exams, you learn for exams, and it's not learning for education itself. Um, and I actually really do agree with what you've just said. You know, in the sense that. Um, you know, you did theatre, and that allowed you to learn a lot of different things. I think that there is that element missing in a lot of different education systems, particularly here in Hong Kong, where I don't think we are allowing young people to learn different things other than learning to pass an exam. So by the time you know they get into university, you know it, they're still trying to figure it themselves. Whereas if you have more of that in secondary school. And you have more of an exposure of learning basic life skills or ideas of like what you want to do. I mean, they have an extracurricular, but extracurricular is not quite enough. I don't feel extracurricular is almost like a check in the box sort of mm -hmm. thing. And if you have time, you do. If you don't, I mean, look at like COVID nineteen. The first thing to go was extracurricular. You know, the second was well-being and like um, you know mental health support. You know, um, the the main one that was kept was academic and. Let's focus on how we can pass our exam, you know. And I think it's it's fair. That's how the system has been set up. But I mean, could it be improved? I think there's definitely room for improvement. I think that's so weird because I have like a lot of local friends, and growing up, they used to tell me that as a kid, their parents would force them to learn like at least one musical instrument or like you know ballet classes or piano classes. And all of my I don't know if it's common between like non non Chinese students and all, but with my Chinese friends, all of them have like. Like growing up, they've learned like ballet or like drums or piano, and which was so weird to me because now they tell me that now their parents don't really want them to pursue that field. Like now, now their parents want them to settle for something more professional or. But you know, white collar job or blue collar job, like the professional one, the white collar jobs. Yeah, no, but you know, like all of those like classes and extracurricular, the goal is still the same. Like the goal is still to pass an exam. Mm -hmm. Right, is to get a certificate with a grade, with a grade. Mm -hmm. and so you know, I almost like sometimes I really worry. Like we, we talk about wanting our kids to learn about so many different things, but we actually wanting them to learn that thing, or are we actually just wanting them to pursue the certificate at the end? Yeah, of it? I, I feel it's more of a star in your uh, report card, so you can do everything. Plus, you can also play the guitar, which is, which would I mean, it's not really good. I mean, what if the person or the kid actually likes playing the guitar and doesn't? Want the star to be there, but the report card to be on the guitar and an academic star. You get the difference. <laughs> so that's what's lacking these days, or at least in our education system. Uh, I mean, I I don't know about the West, but I feel whatever I've seen on shows and stuff, I feel they have like many more classes which is integrated into their curriculum. I've seen so many people when they take IB courses, they have uh, various I mean various other extracurriculars which can be graded or which is something that they have to pass in their exam so maybe that's a little more serious to in the west but still at least i feel india or like many more asian countries they're very much focused on academics and that's the only way to go about life but it's difficult because society is also hedged on that you know if that um, your success or your ability to integrate into society after you graduate is actually built on that you know, so there is this almost like a vicious cycle. Exactly. You know, yeah. we want to change it, but like if we want to change it, we actually gotta look at like the whole thing exactly. because it's all connected to one another. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think even if you have hobbies, like I remember growing up, people be like, oh, you have this hobby. And then after a certain point, people be like, okay, but what does she do with it? Like, does she have a certificate in it? Or does she, does she have a license? license? Like, yeah. what, like, what next? You can't just do something for, for fun because you like it. You have to either make it a career or be really, really good at it. You can't just do it in your free time. And if you do that, then it's just irrelevant. Then as you grow up, you should just stop doing it or abandon it because it's just a hobby. <laughs> So to know for so since now like online class like classes are cancelled and we're doing online classes, do you feel like that has given you more time? Because now you don't actually go to class to go to school to attend classes, right? So do you feel like you would want to pursue your passion during this period of time? Um, I'm I'm I mean I haven't thought about it yet because semester hasn't started. But yeah, I feel uh, during the pandemic I didn't do anything. But after the pandemic, once I started working again, I've I've really wanted to build up a lot of I mean I wanted to learn a lot of skills. So maybe yes, as as the semester starts and my internship is over, I feel I'll, I'll take up more skills and maybe learn on my own stuff. But I haven't really given a proper thought to it yet. I maybe I'm lazy. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I don't know. It's it's been some time. It's been some time. How since. did you join any theater? I did first year, but um, didn't really like it that much. So oh. and then I, ever since I've been looking for things to do. But yeah, maybe this year, fourth year, I'm really, 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 really confident that I'm going to do something, <laughs> for sure. I mean, this, I'm not going to let this new go waste, for sure. Okay, so given our situations and all our different situations, what does success mean to you guys? Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have into it. Success. I really think it comes from your upbringing and what kind of society you grew up in. I mean, I think for me, because of the way I grew up, I grew up in a rural village area, you know, in a developing country. You know, I grew up with people having so much less than me, and even then, I didn't have very much. Um, and I think for me, success is actually defined by whether or not um, we're happy, whether we're healthy, whether we're doing well, and doing well as in like just as an individual, if we're mentally doing well, um, spiritually doing well, you know, um, physically doing well. Um, I think that, that that's kind of how I would look at being success. And if an individual is able to live a life where they will have that kind of fulfillment, um, not just for themselves, but for everyone around them, and are able to contribute positively towards that, like I feel like that to me is already success. And that could look like anything, really. Um, and so for me, that's maybe it's the way I grew up, but even as I step into a, such a metropolitan city as Hong Kong, I find that at the end of the day, beneath all the veneers of trying to get certificates and degrees and like good jobs and money, actually, if you strip away all of that, that's what people also care about, which is crazy, but we may not see it. Um, but ultimately, that, that, that's what it's coming down to. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because that's, I feel like, the other argument to that would be because my dad always says that, oh, you can do whatever you want, but that's because there's this life that I've built for you. Right. And what his idea is that you need to find that baseline. You need to you need to put food on the table and then do whatever you want. So if your chosen career is not allowing you to put food on the table, then what are you going to do? So True. according to him, it's like, you know, you kind of need... Because of the society that we live in, some kind of capitalistic inclinations to, you know, just just do the bare minimum. Yeah. Which is, 
I feel like for the longest time, I just fought against that idea. I was just like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want because otherwise I'm not going to be happy. And he's like, yeah, but if you can't afford to eat, you're not going to be happy either. That's true. But I think the big question is, what kind of food are you putting on the table? Because mm-hmm. canned tuna and caviar are both food. So I think it ultimately it comes down to also like True. what is our all what is our personal standards, right? Um, and and like for me, you know, I think I would define you know the success of putting the food on the table. I agree. I think your dad is very wise in saying that. Um, but I think it's up to us to also then think about like. Do we want caviar or do we want tuna? Because that would define how else we make other decisions in our life. True. I mean, for me, I feel um, success. I can't give a, a, a basically. I can't put a mark on success. So I, if I cross this mark, I'll be successful. Um, I was thinking about success after, ever since you told me that we're going to talk about this. Today, I finally realized I feel success for me is just growing as a person, growing as a community, and as in growing. I feel. Every stage of my life, if I'm growing, I feel I'm becoming more and more successful. And I don't think I can put a cap to it, or I don't think I can put a mark to it that after this point, maybe if I hit this number, I'll be successful. Maybe I impact these many people, I'll be successful. But I feel if I've impacted five people last year and today I impacted ten, I think I've grown a little more. And that is, I think, success to me. I think till the day I die, I want to grow as an individual and help the community grow together. To see the growth is, I think, for me, success. Just to grow from the previous version of me to the new version is success to me. I think similarly, like, I, for me, like, success would be having a sense of accomplishment, even if it's, like, big or small. So, for me, even if I do something small and it has, like, some sort of, like, impact on me, like, a good impact on me or, like, the people around me or, like, the community I live in, then for me, that's already, like, I view myself as successful. And this is so, like, this is kind of weird because I was having a conversation, conversation with my roommate and she's a med- medical student. And she, we were talking about, like, you know, like, what we want to do in our life and like what to uh like at what point would we consider ourselves successful and she said that for her like she knows that the day she gets her degree and she becomes like she gets her certificate and she becomes a doctor that is when she knows that she's successful so i think it's kind of like it varies for people like for some people they know what they want to do in life and once they reach that mark like for them that's success but for other people maybe it could be like growth or some like contribution to the society yeah i think i agree with all of you like a little bit because it's definitely a process and you're definitely growing and i feel like with things constantly changing around us we need to adapt to that and evolve as well so i feel like it's the same for me i need to feel like i'm accomplishing something even if it's little things every day and just to just to match my standards of what I want to do in the week or the month or the year. It doesn't have to be relative to what other people's ideas are or what other people's expectations from me. On, on that, actually, um, so you know like there's these like really cool quotes, you know, and everybody's always like sharing like, oh, I just read a new quote. Um, there's been a lot of quotes like out there in the last couple of years just about stillness and being like not in pursuit of anything and finding like satisfaction um, and being content with not actually achieving things, mm-hmm. but just being content with where you are and what you have. Um, how do you think that actually flexes in with like our versions of success, you know? If I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so recently I was um, in Cambodia and I, we were in a very small island called Korong. And the owner of that hostel was a chef in the UK and he left everything and came to Korong. So we were just discussing about life. And he said, for me, I'm living the best life. I wake up, there's blue water in the front, and I go for a swim every morning. 
I drink with new people, I eat good food, I cook good food and sleep. And that's it. That's my life. And he loves his life. So for him, if I ask him, are you successful? He'd say, definitely. I left all my money, all my vices, came to this small island where probably just 50 people, 50 of us stay. Every day there are new volunteers. I meet new people. I talk to new people, get some new ideas, exchange ideas. And just us, I mean, he must be what, 40, 45, maybe older. And we were 20 years old. We had a good conversation. We had a good couple of hours of talking to him. And he literally said, every morning I wake up to the sun, go for a swim, come back. That's my life. And I feel, I feel that's a very, very, very small, very, very small life. But it's a very content life. It's a very, very happy life, I feel. And for him, yes, he's definitely successful. But yes, again, it boils down to that one. Everybody has their own definitions of success. Everybody wants to do different things in life. So yeah. can't really yeah, generalize yeah, it. Yeah, I do agree that it's all about like your inner peace or like inner yeah. happiness. Because you could be like the richest person in the world and you still won't be happy if you're mentally not If you're not happy, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I could be the richest person, but what if I don't have family? Like I, like I'm so rich, but I don't have family. I don't have friends. I don't have a social circle. So it's more about what you feel content with, and like, like so people who don't have the most are still have more happy than like people who live in cities with a lot of money or like with a lot of riches. Yeah, I feel like you have a quote. We have a new quote. We have a new quote. <laughs> Success is where you find your. But I I agree with those quotes, but I also feel like we know too much to live like that because mm. I know that you know I I can wake up one day and be like oh that's the life I want just wake up at the beach every day and like cook for people sounds amazing but I just know that because of the globalized world and because we at university we have so many opportunities to travel we know there are so many experiences out there there's so many things out there and we can't unsee that sometimes I do wish I had a simpler life where I just didn't know about these things and of course that sounds gross because I sound so privileged but it's like it's true if I just didn't know any better I'd be content with whatever I had but now it's like as I remember when I was on exchange I felt that I was like this is so calm people don't even in Europe people don't want to do anything people are just happy in their tiny little villages going to church or I don't know grabbing a beer but as soon as I came back to Hong Kong and the atmosphere here and seeing that all my friends had internships everyone's doing something everyone needs that thing on LinkedIn their CVs and I'm like oh my god what am I doing I need to be doing a hundred different things right now or I'm a waste and that's exactly what I'm doing right now and I'm like yeah sure I'm happy at least I'm doing something at least I'm being productive but is but, it really helping but what if all these hundred things that you're trying to do are actually distractions and yeah. actually success or like happiness is when you're alone with yourself and content with life what if whatever we're trying to pursue is just a distraction and that's only because I'm doing it, that's why you're doing it, you're doing it because she's doing it and things like that. So maybe it's all distraction that what we're supposed to do is live a simple life, wake up every morning <laughs> on the beach, go for, go for a swim, come back, cook for people and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drink and sleep, that's it. Maybe that's life. I'm feeling another quote, success is when we find a simple life. At the same time, I feel like that simple life is kind of like romanticized, like I don't know, like Back in the day, maybe yeah, like it, it would be possible to like lead such a simple life. But like now, because maybe it's because we live in the we live in Hong Kong and it's such a fast-paced city. Like to us, that's like a vacation mm-hmm. or like you know, like for us going on a, to an island or retirement. We're much further away. We're so far away from that, guys. 
was in Nepal, like I was volunteering in a village on the mountains, and I just remember that we were complaining, like, oh my god, we don't have Wi-Fi here, like we can't post, like, and on Instagram, we can't check up on, like, our emails or, like, what people are doing in our lives. But during that time, it was like summer, and it was like the peach season, and these kids would like climb up to the trees, and they would like get a, like they would uh, pluck the peaches, right? And they, they weren't even bright; they were green, but they would be so happy, like oh my god, there's fruit on this tree, and they would be like so happy, and they would bring like bags, they would climb these like hills and bring bags of peaches to us, and they would like share it with us. And these are like seven or eight year old kids, and I was just like, what am I like doing? Like you know, like if like if they're so happy with like the tiny things, but. To, for, for me, it's just because I'm there for like a short period of time. Like, I'm not sure if I can survive in that for a long time. But that's because you know this life. Like, if you were that kid that was born there, you'd probably be like so happy with this peach falling off a tree. But I don't know if I can go back to living like such a simple life. Because I know, like, like for me, like, I, I, I feel happy like doing, being productive. Let's talk when you retire. <laughs> <laughs> conversation I feel like we all realized how confused we are about <laughs> this life that we all live <laughs> no matter what stage we are like even if we're at university or even if we like run an organization we're all just as confused <laughs> so yes. do you guys have any final thoughts on success or any like advice to like viewers to like especially like younger younger audiences who don't really know what's happening or what they're doing right now I'm pretty young <laughs> so I feel um, yeah I mean just do what you like if possible, <laughs> otherwise do what you like after you've done what you didn't want to do. But yeah, try to at least do what you like, basically, or, or just continue what, what your passion is or what actually makes you happy. So I feel, yeah. I think, you know, there's so much, you know, Saki mentioned this earlier, you know, that we know, we know so much. But at the same time, I think there's still so much that we don't know. And I think it's really valuable, particularly, you know, for anybody out there you know who's still in university or starting out to come out and work like for you to just put time and really explore like what else is out there because you never know where your passions are going to be you never know when you're going to actually find something else that you like that you never knew existed you know um and i think with the whole idea of success i think you know we can pursue it as much as possible but when you recognize or other people point out to you hey you're getting to a point where maybe this is not as healthy i think it's really worth it to listen and to take a moment whether it's listening to yourself or listening to those around you because you know aiming for success is great but at the same time you know the journey towards that is really important and you want to make sure that when you get to that stage you're able to enjoy it you know um, and so taking care of yourself on that journey is really important. So. Thank you so much guys for today, coming here today and I think we had a really interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and we will be back with another episode very soon. Bye! Bye. Bye.